0: Uh, it was funny, as I was watching the video, you know, I joke about how it's easy for my wife and because uh, we have the perfect kids, but you think about that it's not just the kids moms have to put up with, but the husbands as well. And uh, the part where the guy is trying to talk his daughter down from the top of the ledge, and I think of the times that Amelia and I have these little things that we do that uh, give her little heart attacks each time, And uh, most recently was for the last uh, month and a half, two months, when I go home for lunch, Amelia will, she's usually upstairs taking a nap, but she'll come down to say hi to me and she'll stand on the ledge of our steps and she'll jump from there and I'll catch her. Well, mom didn't know that we were doing that until one day she (laughs) happened to be in the room and when Amelia jumped from that top step, she had a little bit of a heart attack that day and uh, maybe I need a pair of those mom goggles as well. (laughs) Um, Today, we are going to be uh, in James 4 again. We've been going through the book of James. uh, Not James 4 again. We're going through the book of James. We're in James again. We're in James 4. We're going to read verses 7 through 10. And if you would open your Bibles, or uh, um, if you don't have your Bible, there should be one in front of you. We'd love to have you really get into the Word of God with us today. Would you uh, join me in prayer today? <clears throat> as we pray, I would just ask that uh, that you pray with me, that you would be talking to God as well for the service. That God would speak through me, but more importantly, that uh, God would pray for one another. That God would speak to each one of you during this time. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We praise you for this day. Again, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to come together, and what a blessing it is to be able to come on Sundays and. Uh, uh, see our brothers and sisters in christ father i pray that you would pour your spirit out on this place i pray that uh, as uh, we st- dig into your word that uh, you would speak to us through it lord father do a work today and let us each leave here transformed we pray these things in jesus name amen sorry i'm not sure what's going on with my mic here And my notes are all over the place. So either way, I guess we're just going to go with what God leads us to here, right? Uh, So as I was preparing this week, one of the things that struck me with this passage, and I was telling the prayer team this morning, our our title today was Wash Your Hands. I forgot that (laughs) as I was preparing the message. And I was just, uh, when God was leading me into the message, God led me a little different direction. And one of the things that God was leading me to was this idea of paths, this idea of ways that we are to take. And I was thinking of moms, again, I was thinking of our family. I was thinking about how, you know, we have a way that we want our children to do things. We have a path that we want our children to take. And uh, we're always, especially with Amelia, it's like, no, no, do it like this. And Amelia is a little strong-willed, so... She's, no, no, and she has to do it her way. And most of the time, her way works as well. And then I have to hear from her, see, Dad, I told you. And those are humbling moments. But that idea of the way, that there is a way that God is calling us to. You know, the early church, they were not called Christians in the very early church, in the book of Acts, in Acts 9, I believe it's Acts 22, and in Acts 24, they're not called Christians yet. They are called followers of the way. And I love that name for the church. You know, Christian gets this idea that if we just say we believe in God, we're Christians. But they understood that there was a right way, that God had laid a path before them, and that there was a way that they were supposed to take. And they knew that they, it wasn't just say a prayer and, and say, I believe in Jesus and go to heaven. That path leads us to an eternal destination, but that path also leads us to sanctification. It leads us to holiness in this present life. There is a way that God has set before us. And I love in the Bible when I come across verses that talk about the way, that talk about the path that we are to take. In Romans 5, 3 and 5, Paul tells us, glory in your suffering or rejoice in your suffering because it develops perseverance. And as you persevere, it will build character. And as your character grows and you become strong in character, you will have hope. Do you see the path? Suffering is not something we avoid. Well, unless it's stupid suffering because you're doing dumb things, avoid that suffering. But suffering in and of itself is not something to be avoided. It's something that God will use in our lives to take us to the next step. Suffering, to perseverance, to, to um, character, to hope. In Psalm 1, 1, there's another path. This is a path that leads us away from God. Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. See, there's a path again. The blessed man, the, the happy man, does not do these things. So we can say the opposite is true as well. The cursed man will do these things. So what is the path, what is the path though? The path says, Don't walk in the counsel of sin, don't walk in the council of the wicked. To walk in the counsel of the wicked means that we surround ourselves with friends who do not have the same goals that we do, who are not believers, or even worse, are not of high moral character. Because when we surround ourselves with people like that, with people who are not gonna help us grow in our faith. We will eventually take the next step and we will start to stand in the way of sinners. And when I first read that verse for a long time, I thought, stand in the way of sinners. Like, what does that mean? I'm standing in the way of the sinner, not letting them. No, it means stand in the way of sinners. It means that we will start acting the way they act. We will start standing the way the sinner stands. So when we surround ourselves with people of low moral character, what's going to happen is we are going to eventually become like those people. And then finally, after we become like like people like that, we take the final step, we sit in the seat of mockers. We now become the one who is calling people off the path to God, off the path to holiness. Again, do you see the progression God has given us a way. He's given us a path to take. Satan wants to pull us off of that path, and that is what he will use. But my favorite path is the Beatitudes. For years and years, I read the Beatitudes, and it's eight kind of, uh, there's eight Beatitudes, and I read them as eight individual things. Like if I hunger and thirst for righteousness, then this happens. If I am poor in spirit, then this happens. So if I choose one of these things or a couple of these things, and it wasn't until I read the book, Sermon on the Mount, and I was supposed to look in my office and see who the author was, and I forgot. It's Dr. Lloyd something or Martin Lloyd something. Um, But once I read that, once I read his work on the Beatitudes, I recognized that it's not eight individual things. Again, it's a path and it begins with blessed are the poor in spirit for they will inherit the earth what does it mean to be poor in spirit when you look up the words from that passage there's two words in the greek for poor penes which is the working poor but then there's tohas and that's the word that is used in this passage and tohas is you are so poor that you have to beg for survival. You beg to make a living. So when um, Matthew 5.3 says, blessed are the poor in spirit, the poverty in spirit is talking about is that we have hit rock bottom. We are in abject poverty poverty. We have nothing left. And all we can do is cry out to God for salvation, to cry out to God for life. We have nothing left. And that's the first step on the path in the Beatitudes. If we get to that point to where we have nothing left but to cry out to God, when we do that, when we cry out to God, and God responds because God will always respond to our cries. When we cry out in repentance, God will always respond. The next step is mourning. Because the next passage in there is, Blessed are those who mourn. Now that I have been saved by God, I recognize my sinfulness and I mourn over my sinful condition knowing that I can do nothing about it, but only God can change my condition. And when I begin to mourn for my condition, more and more I begin to understand my own hopelessness, then I become meek because blessed are the meek is the third step in that path. I have a right understanding of myself. And then the path goes on and on. And we're not going to go through all eight of them. It's a great sermon for another time. But it's another path in the scriptures. And what I love about these, or why the Beatitude one is so important, is that it's the one that helped me realize about the passage today with James. It helped me understand James a little bit better this week. Because when I am poor in spirit, and I have nothing left but to cry out to God, ultimately what I am doing is I'm submitting to God. I'm no longer trying to get my own way. I'm no longer trying to do it my way, but I submit to God. And as we read in in James uh, 4, 7 through 10, James, and here's the great thing with the book of James, all right, if you have not read the book of James, James is the Proverbs of the New Testament. Proverbs is one of my favorite books because it's a lot of short little sayings of, look, live your life like this and everything's, you know, things will be good for you. You know, a lot of little short sayings that I can remember and live my life by, a lot of little warnings that I can remember and avoid. And James is very similar, it's written a little different, so it's in paragraphs a little bit more than Proverbs is. But James is very blunt and direct, and he just gives you these little bite-sized morsels that this is how you should live. So like I said, in the Beatitudes, it's about submission. So what James has done, because James in, in uh, this passage has given us another path to take. But instead of spreading it out over eight steps or the four steps that we get in Romans or um, any of the other um, paths in the Bible, James is very direct and he says, this is very simple, people. Step one, submit to God. Step two, resist the devil. Do these two things and God is going to lift you up. And when we look at those other passages, like I said, with, with, uh, with the Beatitudes, it was about submission. Submission. In Romans 5, 3-5, through through when we talked about the suffering being the first step, glorying in the suffering, ultimately, what is that? It's submitting to God. It's not trying to get my way. It's not trying to avoid the suffering that's coming because I'm going through just a difficult period. And instead of relying on God, I'm trying to fix it how I can fix it. It's about submitting to God through that time because when I submit to God through the suffering, he helps me through and more and more I learn to persevere through those times. In Romans, the first step again is submission. In Psalms 1.1, what is it when we say, you know what, it's not about what I want. It's not about hanging out with the people I want to hang out with. It's about submitting to God and doing what God is calling me to do. And I'll tell you, when I first became a Christian, I gave up almost all of my friends because my friends were the people I partied with. And after I accepted Christ, a few weeks later, I went to, my, went to one more party. But this time I stayed sober because I'd accepted Christ. I was living differently. And my eyes were opened at that party. It's funny how parties look completely different when you take off the goggles of alcohol and see what is actually going on. And after that, I knew I couldn't keep hanging around with the same group of friends. And it's not that I'm not still friends with them. It's not that I don't talk but with them at times. Not as much anymore. It's been years. Um, but I couldn't spend that same amount of time that I used to with them because I knew that I would go right back to those old behaviors. I knew that if I was going to walk this path that God had set before me, I had to submit my own desires to be comfortable and stay with the same friends and submit to God's will. And I'll tell you, that was not easy for me in my community because in my church, I was 22 years old, 21 when I accepted Christ, 22 by the time I really started getting involved in that church. And the next youngest person was in their 30s, and there's only one of them. And after that, it was a much older church. So it was not easy finding people to spend time with who were going to help me in my walk with God. But I understood that God had put me on a path, and the only way that I could effectively walk that path was to submit my will to God. Once we submit our will to God, the next step is to resist the devil. A little while ago, a good friend of mine accepted, well, I don't want to say he accepted Christ, he gave his life back over to Christ after having been away for a while. And this time when he gave his life over to Christ, he didn't just say a prayer and start coming to church, he really submitted his life to Christ. He gave up the behaviors that the the sins that he had been struggling with. He um, gave God some of the areas in his life that were going a little bit wrong. He just gave those over to God and said, I'm just going to trust you with these things. And even his finances, he began to tithe every week, like legit 10% tithe, trusting that God was going to take care of him. He submitted his life to God. And all of a sudden, God poured these blessings out on him. And several weeks ago, maybe months ago now, we talked about that sermon about those mountaintop experiences, right, and those valley experiences. And he was on one of those mountaintop experiences as God just poured blessing after blessing out on him reconciling him with family members, providing for him where he had been struggling financially. Suddenly, as he's tithing, God is blessing him with more income. Um, He was in this mountaintop experience. But those don't last forever, because that's not where we grow. So inevitably, he ends up down in the valley Because the valley is where we really start to rely on God. It's where we really meet God. It's where we really start to grow. And while he was in the valley, Satan also began to tempt him. Began to call him off of the path that he was on. And he resisted Satan. He resisted Satan. He resisted Satan. And then he fell. And when he fell an overwhelming guilt and remorse came over him. And he felt like he had failed God. And more than that, he felt like he had failed the people around him. And we talked about that. Because we talked about what does it mean to resist the devil. To resist the devil doesn't mean that we never screw up. But to resist the devil is what happens after we screw up. Because am I going to continue to wallow in my sin or am I going to get back up and get back on the path and start walking again? I can be walking that path with God and I can trip and I can get back up and I'm still resisting the devil. We stop resisting when we stop calling it sin. We stop resisting when we start to wallow in our sin and say it's okay. Now we're not resisting the devil anymore and we're going to head off of the path that God has set before us. when we choose to submit to God and then we resist the devil even when we're going through the valleys, God will begin to transform our lives. James says it is, he will lift you up. He will lift you up. There's people who would say that you know, we can never be holy. We can never be perfect. You know, we'll never be perfect until we're we're standing before God. I would suggest that's a cop-out. God calls us to be holy. 1 Peter 1.16, Peter reminds us that God said, be holy as I am holy. And he is calling the church to holiness. To say, I can never be perfect, I make mistakes, everybody makes mistakes, is a cop-out because we should be striving for holiness. God would not call us to it if we could not attain it. God is calling us to holiness and he wants to transform our lives. I believe that as we submit to God, I believe that as we resist the devil, I believe that as we follow the path that God has laid before us, that we can get so close to God that our will will be his will. That we can get so close to God that we will hear his voice. That I won't have to question what I'm supposed to do because I will be so close to God that I will just know what to do. But we have to walk that path. We have to be seeking God with our whole hearts. And you may doubt that what I'm saying is true. But we see it all through the scriptures where God spoke to people. And I know you say, well, that was 2,000 years ago. That was a different time. God doesn't do those things still today. Let me tell you, God does those things today. Several months ago, I shared about how I had had a really bad Saturday night, one of the worst nights of my life. And the next morning when I got to church, I ran a prayer ministry with um, a woman at the church named Sylvia, just a saint of a woman. And as soon as I walked into the building, she saw me and came running over to me and said, are you okay? Is everything okay? Okay. And I lied because I didn't really want to talk about it. So I'm like, yeah, everything's fine. And she looks at me and she says, God woke me up last night to pray for you. God woke her up to pray for me. And I lost it. I'm just crying in the middle of the church. We go back to the prayer room and we're talking and I just spill everything that had happened that night and we prayed together Two months ago, when uh, we had COVID, um, I went through a pretty rough period with the COVID. And with my asthma, I, it was just, it was bad and, and uh, it was scary. I got tested positive on a Sunday, a week and a day from that, uh, so a week after the next Monday, I went to the doctors because I was just getting really bad and I was afraid of waiting too long Um, with it because everyone was warning me, you know, don't wait, don't wait, you know, get checked out. Tom Bemis called me a couple times and kept texting me every day telling me, look, it's nothing to be ashamed of. If you get bad, go get checked out. And thank God for people like Tom and others in the church encouraging me because I don't like going to the doctors and I feel like I'm kind of a wuss when I do so. Um, But so I went. The doctor gave me some medicine and told me, you know, if it gets worse, you know, go right to the emergency room, don't call us. And I'm like, okay, what does that mean if it gets worse? <laughs> you know, what does worse look like? And he couldn't tell me. He said, well, if you're, if you're afraid, go. I said, I'm afraid now. <laughs> 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 and uh, I went home Monday and I took the medicine. Monday night I survived. Tuesday started getting worse and worse and worse. And uh, throughout the day, and I couldn't take a breath without coughing and hacking. And uh, the amazing thing was, I I think it was eventually Tuesday night, I went to the emergency room. It got that bad. And uh, I think it was the next day that Pastor Joe texted me or called me and asked how things were going. And uh, he told me that Thomas from Park Church, um, I've met Thomas twice at Park Church. And uh, he is a prayer warrior. He kind of reminds Pastor Joe often that maybe it's time we pray about this, Pastor, and uh, keeps Pastor Joe, you know, focused on it as well. But Thomas called Pastor Joe and said, How is Tom doing? God is speaking to me and telling me to pray for Tom. Is everything okay? So he was praying for me on the day that I was the worst out of the two weeks. Thomas could not have known that that was the worst day I had had. Sylvia could not have known what had happened, what was happening Saturday night while she slept. But God spoke to them because they are on a path of submitting to God they are on a path of resisting evil, resisting the devil. They are on a path of drawing near to God. And God is transforming them into the likeness of Christ. Sylvia's passed away, so now she is in the presence of Christ and truly transformed. But God wants to do that same work in each of our lives. Are we ready to submit to God? And I encourage you, if you have never really making a commitment, really decided to submit every area of your life to God, I encourage you to do that today. During the closing music time, our our altars are always open here. We would love to have you come up and pray. We have people here who will come up and pray with you. And maybe you have already submitted, but maybe you're struggling really staying on that path. Today would also be a good day to kind of recommit to saying, I know that there's a way that God has for me, and I want to be on his path. See, God wants you wherever you're at. Kind of tying in with the wash your hands a little bit. We don't have to get clean before we get on the path. God wants us to get on the path as we are. And God will do the cleaning while we walk along the path. God loves us so much that he wants to transform us into a new creation in the likeness of his son, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for each person here today, Lord. The blessing that this church is to me, to my family, Lord, cannot be uh, overstated. Father, I thank you for my brothers and sisters in Christ. I thank you for what you're doing here at this church. I thank you that you are turning this place into a light in a dark world, Father. Lord, continue to work. Lord, I pray for each person here that if there's anybody who is not entered the way, the path that you have set before us, that you would open their, their, their hearts to receive this message and that they, would, that they would join us on that path, Father, that they would join you on that path, submitting their life to you, Father. And that, Lord, that you would do as you have promised to do and we know you always keep your promises that you would do a work in each one of us no matter where we are along this path. Father, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.